and pass. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 207 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Snoog, we got a fun show planned for tonight. You know, you and I have been getting so many requests, so many different guys in the Patreon, outside the Patreon, be like, what do I do with this roster? What do I do with that roster? And this roster sent in from, from, from Jones is just super excited to go over. How you feeling tonight? I'm feeling good, and I feel even better now that I know my boy Jones has C.J. Stroud on his roster. So I'm excited. He said he fell in love with this roster, but we're going to make him fall in love with it even more tonight. And we got a welcome to the show. You know, Jones, you sent in your roster. We want to pump this thing up. We want to get you in, in championship contention. So welcome to the Smash Accept podcast, brother. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me. Big fans of everything that we do here. So uh, really, really fired up to just talk about the squad. I love it. So tell me a little bit about the league that you're in. You know what I mean? Like league size obviously matters. You're talking about what kind of, you know, starting lineup. So tell us a little bit about what we're working with. Yeah, for sure. So this is the second year of the league. Like last season was the second season since we started this thing up. Uh, Ten teams, start nine, super flex, no tight end premium, and PPR. And we got four-point passing touchdowns. It's like basically if you took like, ESPN standard scoring PPR and just like threw it into sleeper. Um, so that's what we're working with. Um, everyone who's in it is like our first, it's our first dynasty league and we're all just trying to like figure things out as we go. And uh, it's been, it's been a ride already. So I'm fired up about how it's going to be. It's a lifetime commitment. So it's very serious. There you go. And I, I love that. Cause we're going to put you into the position where in a 10 team league, especially start nine, it's all about them studs. It's all about getting that competitive edge because when it comes down to playoff time, I mean, those that's what's really going to put you over the top. Uh, looking at your roster right off the bat, I mean, I'm, I'm comparing you against everyone else in the league. Quarterback-wise, you have the best combination. I mean, you have C.J. Stroud, Kyler Murray. You're, you're in great position, especially in, in your four-point passing touchdown leagues. Kyler Murray gets, gets that obvious bump there and puts you into a spot where, you know, against any of your competitors you have two top top eight quarterbacks that puts you in a great spot you know what i mean and so that that's the clear strength to me when i look at your roster is first of all your quarterbacks second position we move over to is running backs and i know last year you know we were talking a little bit you said you were trying to get yourself into that 101 contention you know and in this particular league it is a lottery system so it, it's a lot more difficult to lock up that 101 and you said you have Pick 104? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, running back position, you know, you're in the bottom three of the league. And for right now, for what you were doing from last year, that's where you kind of want to be. You know, you wanted to put yourself in a position to have a good pick. Uh, right now, I mean, David Montgomery, Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, Antonio Gibson. So, I mean, that's definitely our area of weakness. But you're in luck because this is the year to do that. I mean, this is a year right now where Snoog and I are going to give you a bunch of running backs to pick up for dirt cheap like this is there are next to no running backs in this class I mean we like Benson you know we like we like Brooks we like a couple other guys in there who you're probably going to be able to get in the second round so that part is is awesome because you're loaded up with picks when you look at wide receivers you're you're in the top three in the league there I mean you have Jamar Chase Brandon Ayuk 
Jaden Reed. I mean, that's that's a great core, especially since you only have to start two. No one's going to be up there with with Ayuk and Chase, you know. So that is two top ten wide receivers putting you in great position. Tight ends, you got Trey McBride. I mean, that's my tight end too. You know, I think Snoog's on that board now too. It's like back, the college back. Exactly. So the the framework is there. Then the most important part to move forward, right? So you you kind of did a, a little semi rebuild, a little bit of a retool, going from you said you were in the middle, and you know from Smash, except we hate being in the middle. Nobody wants to be in that middle. You want to be top three, bottom three, and in in a ten team, almost top two, bottom two. And your picks, I mean, you are loaded. You have 104, 108, 110, 201, 206, 225 first, 225 second. So right now, this is a great spot to be in. You know, I think this is we have all the all the framework to put this team into absolute contention. Uh, tell me a little bit about the teams at the top, the championship teams. Are any of them right now looking to move into a rebuild or any of them just going to stay up there and, and try to contend? Is there one team that's like you look at them and this team's going to be very difficult to beat? It's a good question. It's like tough to say a little bit because like I feel like most of the league wanted to like win the first couple seasons and like yeah. you know, there's a lot of teams that are like really trying to be fired from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I will say like uh, – the two teams that were in the, the chip this year, like we're very much all in, like they're old, they're, but they're pretty fire. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know if you can see that on your end, but um, it's tough. It's tough. I feel like the reason that I went for like the rebuild in the second year, like I made the playoffs the first year. I was like kind of mid though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went full rebuild the second year, mostly because I had Brees Hall at the time. I had Brees and Kyler both coming off the ACL and I didn't have my own first. So I was kind of just like, that's real scary. Um, so I got the I got the first back when I got Stroud. I traded AJ for Stroud and my first back, which ended up being the 104. Um, and the, like the part of the incentive to 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 do that was like it does it didn't seem like there were a lot of teams really rebuilding. So I kind of beat them to it. Yeah. One, one guy did the one guy did rebuild the first year, but but yeah, like that that's what kind of started the whole the whole wave. And- from the looks of it, and when we put things in as far as power rankings, I mean, I have you as the top team in the league because of those picks. You know, you look at some of these other teams, I can see that they have a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of firepower, but next to no picks. You know, there's some other teams without talking about who's in that league and, and roster-wise. And I think you're in a spot now here, and Snoog, I want to get your opinion on this, is you went from, you know, you had a season where you were in that top four, top five, trying to make the playoffs. Now you're in a spot where you went to the bottom four and Snoog, I think in year three, he's in an area to push the chips all in, you know, like we always, we always want to debate and look at the core assets and the, the age of this team. And like the core assets are absolute studs and they're young. So I feel like it's time that we just take the chips, push them all in and move in. What are you feeling Snoog? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm feeling too. Cause running backs, the easiest position to get production at, and mm-hmm. he's got the locked in elite wide receivers, two top eight dynasty quarterbacks, dynasty tight end two. all these guys are going to produce at a high level. And then the bench, you got Roshan Johnson who could potentially find himself in a starting role this year. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson, free agent. That could be good news for him. And then you got Chris Godwin and one of my favorites, Dontavian Wicks, who was absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal this year as a fifth round pick. I always say it, if he didn't take him tank himself at the 40 time and run like a four, six, seven, he probably would have been like a second or third round pick because he was supposed to be this crazy good athlete and he 
just was so bad at the 40. So that's why he did slip in the draft. But now he's in a great situation mm-hmm. and you hit on a gem there. The draft capital is huge here. Like I'm almost at the position where I'm like, you lock in Malik neighbors, pair him with Chase and Ayuk, and then you can be so flexible with 108, 110, 201, and 206. 2025 is a loaded running back class. So that's where you're going to get those cornerstone running backs with those mm-hmm. picks. So I'm almost looking to buy like veteran flyers as like one-year rentals, like your Alvin Kamara's, your James Connors, your Derrick Henry's, your Joe Mixon's, and just try to hit on those guys that can finish top eight to 10 and give you RB1 production. Because I, I don't see yourself being in a situation where you should risk a lot of draft capital on running backs when you could move your 25 seconds and get Kamara and James Conner and be ready to rock and roll for next year so. Absolutely love that. Cause like we're in a spot now where, I mean, I put a tweet out the other day, there's only 12 running backs, maybe 13 that are worth a first round pick, you know? So mm-hmm. that's not who we're trying to push in there and grab, but you got guys that are, you know, if you can go out there and pick up, you know, an Alvin Kamara, like you said, you have David Montgomery, I think, which is a rock solid running back too, especially, you know, with the offensive coordinator coming back to everything in, yeah, in that's Detroit, yeah. everything in Detroit is going to be the same. So that gives you a nice set there. We got to really improve RB2 and we got to really improve, you know, your flex plays. But Snoog hit it right on the right on the head there. I mean, there's going to be guys where you can get Joe Mixon on the cheap, Aaron Jones on the cheap, even as as far back as 206 on the clock. So I'm not saying go out and and make make a lot of offers for those guys now. But on draft day last year, I was buying Alvin Kamara for the 206 everywhere. Mm -hmm. I bought one share for 208 because everybody gets that rookie fever and they're going to come to you and say, yo, Jones, you know, can you, can I get, you know, can I get this 206, 208, 212? I got Austin Eckler. I'm trying to get rid of him. You know, Mm -hmm. I have Aaron Jones. I'm trying to get rid of him. And those are the type of players that are going to take this team from, you know, where you were last year and just fill in the gaps. And like Snook said, I mean, next year, 2025 running back class is going to be absolutely special. Let's, let's tune in real quick. So let's talk about, you know, if we're going to do, let's look right at the draft capital. I mean, you have 104, 104 this year. I I, I was talking about it today with Snoog is like, you got Jaden Daniels, you got Malik neighbors, you got Brock Bowers. This is a powerful set from 104 to 106. So I know you guys both are, are right there saying you want to take neighbors. Are the guys behind you quarterback needy? You know, like the guy that's picking at 105, the guy that's picking right there. I mean, that's the only thing that once we get closer to the draft is an area where I think you can get that that insulation where it's like, yo, you might be able to get, you know, something that he has on his team plus 105 for the 104 and then you get neighbors plus, you know, and I think that's the area you got to start looking at a little bit further is who needs those quarterbacks in a 10 team league. It shouldn't be quite as aggressive. But what do the guys below you look like they're needing right now? I think a, a, a fair question is also like, what about what about Drake May? I I feel like he's an absolute stud, and he he's he's someone who I hope is there for. That's like, absolutely. I I I have him at one hundred three, and I don't see it happening. That's why I brought up those three guys because I, I just think Drake one hundred three. Yep, that's bad. Well, I'm and I'm it, gonna be on that wave. Yeah, I think I'm gonna so, be neighbors one hundred three, but. I think all three quarterbacks in this class are are suited for your league because it is 10 team four point. You're looking for guys that have high upside. Jaden Daniels gets that rushing upside, but May and, and Caleb Williams are both in that same kind of mold where they're going to have a nice rushing floor. So I think you're going to be set there at four, which is going to be, you're going to be in a position of power when it comes to draft day. You know what I mean? I would not try to move up. 
I would put yourself in that spot where you want Malik Neighbors. Worst case scenario, you take Malik Neighbors at four. Mm -hmm. Best case scenario is you move back to five or six to get that guy that really wants Bowers, get that guy that really wants, you know, Jaden Daniels or, or Drake May if he falls for that matter, because you're in a position of power at quarterback. So it's not a, a necessity and you're in a position of power at tight end as well. So it's like, I think Bowers is going to be a stud. I think, you know, all three of those guys are going to be absolute studs. And if you can at this point, because you said it's a newer league, I might be trying to play a little bit game with 108, right? That's what because, I was going to say. Move up. Roma Dunze at seven is the tier break for me. Like I think eight is where we start to tear, tear off. And I, I love Brian Thomas. I love, you know, if, if McCarthy goes to the right spot, you know, you move some guys up into that area. But I think the tier break at, ends at seven, where if you could take eight and and move up to five, then you put yourself in an absolute dominant position, Jones, where it's like now I'm I move from eight to five and maybe you give up. 206 and 108 you know you said this is a league where these guys are a little bit newer where you know we were able to move that or you give up 108 and Dontavian Wicks or Demario Douglas or you know one of these other guys that just they're never guys that are going to win you a league but moving from you know a guy that might not hit at eight eight nine moving yourself up to five and getting now all of a sudden you get Daniels and neighbors and it's like dude you're in a spot where you're like set up for years yeah. Yeah. No, it's that. definitely a compelling argument. I, uh, I, I think people would be stingier with the picks than quite, quite what you're saying. But I definitely, mm -hmm. I definitely feel the concept is definitely interesting. I wanted to ask what, what your take would be on adding someone like, let's say with this team, I, I, I added with 104, I got Drake May, or with 104, I took Brock Bowers, or even if he slid to the 108, like just because I can't put them in the starting lineup today, like, isn't it still kind of a move if I want to take the value there at that point? Like, I think these guys are like locked in, absolutely going to be fire. Um, so that's kind of where, where my head's at. Like I, I obviously, obviously like the receiver slots into the lineup now, but it's more mm -hmm. a question of like, like, uh, like isn't, isn't the move always to take the value. It absolutely is. Snoog, I know, you know, I talk about that all the time, but I mean, in this particular class, like the value keeps going on. The only thing I would just say to anybody is like, don't, don't stretch on a running back at this point, right? That's your need, but man, there's not a running back worth anything close to that yeah, top man. eight in this class. And Snoog's been diving <laughs> into these guys. Snoog, I mean, at the 201, if, if Benson or, or Brooks or one of these guys goes to the right landing spot, that feels like that could be an area where we, address the running back a little bit but how is what's the earliest you would consider taking a running back in this class i haven't even i've dove through all of them but i haven't done like a deep dive on like their film yet and like i've looked in a production i've ran some analytics on campus to kit and i think there's literally like a five-way tie for my rb1 spot right now i'm probably leaning towards like more benson brooks quorum ish pushing for that but I think the 201 is prime Xavier worthy territory or, yeah, or maybe yeah. you get like Adonai Mitchell or tr one of those. Z I have like a tier of four guys. It's Franklin, Thomas, Worthy, and A.D. Mitchell. I think it's between the first three I named fighting for that four, five, six spot. Mitchell's the, the outlier seven spot. But one of them, I can guarantee you, will go either late first round or early second round in the NFL draft to a situation that people don't love and will just drop them instantly just 
fall out of love with him and he'll probably be like that 112 201 mm-hmm. spot pick especially if jj mccarthy bo nix any of those guys do get first round draft capital because daniel jeremiah bucky brooks they're all putting them in the first round that's mm-hmm. gonna bump those talented receivers down you can start up to four wideouts in this um on this lineup i I personally think that you should go all in on the strongest position in this class and use that 206 and probably get the RB2 or RB3 in this class. Like you mm. probably prime territory to land Benson, Brooks, or, or uh, Corum, or maybe get Brain, Braylon Allen, Bucky Irving, Audric Estime. Those are like my big six, Marshawn Lloyd. There's like a big seven I see in this class. You'll 100% get one of them. And I bet you you'll guaranteed get one that goes day two to a good landing spot where he could produce from from the get right like you could get lucky maybe you get you draft the next odd chain maybe you get braylon out into baltimore or braylon out in tennessee there and you can take them 201 if that's the case but i think you gotta address the position of of strength here and that's why i'm all about drafting value especially in a stacked class because like mm-hmm. think about last year if you were like no i don't want to take uh, Dalton Kincaid or Devin Achain there because I need a wide out. So I'm just going to take Josh Downs at the 110. Like I, I know people that did that. And I was sitting there at 201, like screaming up in my chair, excited because I landed Dalton Kincaid or Sam Laporta or Achain or Kendra Miller in full tight end premium league or half tight end premium league. So I think with that four spot, do everything you can to land Malik Neighbors because when I say generational prospect i know people kind of use that word a little too much he is one like he and like zoltan another great guy has a great process a lot of these great analytic guys that have excellent processes with their prospects have neighbors like literally top tier like Mm -hmm. one of the best prospects in the past few classes like you said before jones before dad jumped on like neighbors if it wasn't for marv neighbors would be the guy in this class that everyone's like drooling over marv's hiding that a little bit but people are gonna catch on neighbors are gonna crush the combine he'll probably be a four three four four guy he has elite vert- vertical speed if he lands on the chargers like it's over like he's gonna be a top five to six dynasty wide receiver and if he goes to a shitty team then there you go it's gonna be Garrett Wilson, where he's getting 160 targets and 1,100 yards, and he's still a plug-and-play wide receiver too. So I think the floor is crazy high with neighbors. And then 108, you're going to get arguably probably wide receiver three or four. So you can't lose there. But, Dad, I want to highlight what I see. Jaden Reed, Jerry Judy, Chris Godwin, Dontavian Wicks, four like really solid talents in good situations. Judy's a free agent. Hopefully he gets to finally shine somewhere else. I'm almost looking to tear up from Jaden yeah, Reed. That's, that's what I was just about to say is like you have that 110 there. Don't 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 trade Judy now. I think Judy is in a spot where as soon as yeah, it, but I think Judy's in a spot where he is going to either go somewhere else or they obviously get another quarterback. Both of those scenarios, Judy gets an uptick, then it's time to start moving. That's but cool. I was I was going to say the same thing is like Let's take you're getting excited over there. Slowick Let's just take re signed with the Texans, baby. Let's go. What happened? Slowick just re signed a fat okay. contract with the Texans. That's huge. That's, Come on, baby. That's, that's, that's huge for Stroud. That's big, that was big for baby boy CJ. 
we talked about that last week where like if he leaves there's it's just like that Detroit situation continuity is huge and yeah I was almost thinking when we were talking about Reed about trying to you know I, I'm big on 10 team leagues trying to get stacks too about either going over after Nico or going after Tank whichever way you like there but even taking Jaden Reed in the 110 and trying to get yourself up to you know an elite level talent like like an AJ Brown like a you know one of those type of guys where you know you're still going to have a an absolute stud in that situation for a couple of years. So his snoogs out there posting age down I already. I just, oh, yeah. I'm shaking. Yeah. So that puts you in a lot of, a lot of different situations is really trying to let those value of those picks accumulate. The only ones that we would suggest that you can move now is those late first in this year's class. You know, like the one Oh eight, I think is gonna, I would try to move up a little bit try to get that into that five, six, seven area, even up to seven. And sometimes you can disguise that a little bit. I mean, like Chris Godwin's not going to win you leagues. So you do a seven, eight swap and you see who's at, at seven. And then you get a guy who you like just as much as Chris Godwin, but he might prefer, him. you know, I always like to try to do that little like double flip. Cause then the guy thinks he's getting a guy that he prefers and he's like, Oh, it's a negligent spot switching from seven to eight. But I think there's a huge difference between, what what you could get with with Rome versus Brian Thomas this year? Like I think that yeah. could be a huge gap in separation. And like Snook said, you get Jaden Reed plus the one ten. That's like two late firsts. That gets you into that area where you know you're above Nico, above Devonta Smith, above like Waddle. I mean, you're up to some elite level talent where you get a you know move into that area. I think the twenty five first is an interesting thing. Is once you get to one ten because your team's so good. It's I always try to flip that for move into next year. So you get to the draft day. Let's say we don't trade 108 or 110. We get there. And now all of a sudden somebody wants to get into this class. So you're like, okay, you know, I need your 25 first plus, you know, and if the, the draft doesn't happen, but you're James Conner, you're Alvin Kamara, you're Aaron Jones. Now all of a sudden you get that player that you wanted at running back and you move that class back and you insulate. And then in 25, because I've done that before where I've I've gone into the, the season with this past year, I won a league where I went into it with six 24 firsts, right? But I was like, I had everything there except one or two pieces. Now all of a sudden you get to week eight, you're six and two, and now you trade a first for Saquon Barkley, who's going to beast this year. You know what I mean? That one guy to put you over the top. So just, I would hold on to that 25 first capital, consider moving some of the 25 seconds and those late firsts. Yeah, I love that, Dad. I see two glaring weaknesses. It's the Judy spot and the Charbonnet spot. Mm -hmm. I think you can easily fill those two weaknesses with at most a first value. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like perfect move here for you right now would be go get Mike Evans and Alvin Kamara. Trade the 110, maybe throw a 25 second yeah. in there. You, you're locking in a wide receiver that has the potential to go to Kansas City, Buffalo, Houston, mm -hmm. any of these dream landing spots that he hasn't had in a while since Brady was there. And this is a guy that's not slowing down anytime soon. He's going to be a first ballot hall of famer and he's going to be super cheap. Devonte Adams is another one. I guess you could get those guys for cheap right now. Like at most the one ten you're giving up and getting a I, guy. I've been seeing, season. I've been seeing Diggs and Devonte Adams and Cooper Cup going for 201 to 203. And it's like, it depends on your league, you know, you said this is a younger league. I mean, some leagues they get into rookie fever. Others they're just they're they're a little bit more reluctant. So, I I mean that really depends on knowing your league mates, you know. And this is year yeah. three. This is one thing that 
I've always been a big component on and, and you know, now Snoog and I are in too many leagues to keep track of all this stuff, but keep like a, keep a notebook on these guys. Even if it's just like a mental or in your phone under your notes of like, you know, one of these guys in your power rankings over Dwayne Bow might be a KC guy. You know what I mean? So you start to be like, okay, once we get to draft day, you know, this is a guy that's going to be in that area. Or you have these certain, certain guys in your league that might overvalue Jane Reed because they're a Packers fan, or they might, you know, have the tendency of guys. Yeah. A guy that's like, okay, you know, on draft day, because I'm in leagues where I know that guy's got the 110 and he's going to try to shop it for a veteran everywhere. Right. And then on the flip side, I know those guys that are always trying to buy into the draft. So mm-hmm. you're starting to get together some tendencies of, of guys in your league. For I think sure. you can sure. continuously try to keep track of that mentally to see where you're at. So yeah. any well, questions? We have with- a bunch of distinct personalities like across the league. Like, like I would say like all 10 teams operate a different way. Uh, also shout out Kyler. I love, love the backdrop there. Um, <laughs> but Thanks, better better QB out of those two guys, probably. In my opinion. But, <laughs> if uh, I, I did that, so this was like three years old. So at least they're still on the same team. You know, I would have I would have Jalen back there or Josh Allen if I if I did it again. But Kyler and Mahomes, that's not bad. It's a good duo, man. It's a good duo. A lot of Super Bowls between those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just good on shit. the one good side. Shit. No, no, but yeah, I think like there's a lot of there's a lot of different like. There's a lot about the league that's like very specific because everyone just has the one team. And uh, mm-hmm. like like some people definitely if they have a draft pick, you know they want to trade it. Some mm-hmm. people like don't make a lot of trades in general. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I just listened to the pod you guys dropped about about trade etiquette. I thought I thought that was pretty insightful. Um, de- definitely definitely more people like being more like engaged in and making trades happen would, would be beneficial. Cause right now mm-hmm. I feel like, like, like half, half the players are like harder to attain than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, was curious on like your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I would start looking at the other thing I would start doing right now is, is because it's a newer league. I mean, I'm looking at, and I'm not sure if all the rosters are still the same, but I'm looking at like team spot where he has, the worst quarterback combination, the worst pick combination, the worst wide we got receiver team combination. Spots 25 first, baby. Yes, I know. Right now, he is number 10 in league power rankings. So, like, that one you want to hold on to because that could be worth absolute gold, you know, and no knock on him. But I'm just looking at the act, the, yeah, the, value, the values of those positions, you know what I mean? I'm also looking at Island of Misfit something else you know like right now he's it he's number nine in the power rankings and missing picks missing tight ends missing quarterbacks you know so now's the time in a new league you know you want to start making some moves for those guys 25 first you want to start you know feeling around and see where they're at and you know trying to you listen to the podcast they might not you are picking up resources like you are right now talking to snoop and i picking up wisdom right now i can't even share with the boys because i'm gonna (laughs) give it all away (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're gonna I could be able to put this one out there, but yeah, I mean I, I think a lot of this is just a matter of putting you into position for the next couple of years because this particular dynasty roster, the way you have it built with the assets that you have, could be a juggernaut for like years to come, just because of the, the way you have it set up. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of getting elite level assets and you have you have a top three wide receiver, you have a top three tight end, you have a top Five, two top eight quarterbacks, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, like Snoop said, those flex plays, we start to upgrade them now, you know, and let people get in on the draft capital where you give up Jane Reed in the first, you give up Chris Godwin in the first, and you get yourself some more of those 
up upper level assets, I think this team is like ready to dominate for years and just don't invest in the running backs. Don't over invest in never, running backs. Never, never. I didn't just, even tell you guys my take on the running backs. There's a reason my running backs are so ass, man. I I like I can't I can't fathom investing actual capital into a running back when like it looks like 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 twenty of the top like the top twenty running backs last year, it seems like probably like if you looked at the, the year before, like like five of the names are the same. Like I yeah, I it's it's all it's, it's all a scam. I can't do it. What killed me was like when you get to I got to the championship and I lost because the dude had Chuba Hubbard. You know what I mean? You're like, what the heck? Yeah, like, just get I, Chuba I'm Hubbard. Sitting here, just go get Chuba I'm sitting Hubbard. here with studs, you know what I mean? And it's like we talk about insulated trades moving back and Snoogle hate me, but I just traded Jameer Gibbs for Alvin Kamara and 225 first because it's like I now have so much extra to invest in those kind of things. And I like it's that. like, yeah. you know, the elite level running backs are are fun, they're sexy, but if I can trade them and get a elite level young wide receiver or get those young assets to to add on to there and Snoop, don't yell at me for doing that, man. But <laughs> you know, I, I think those are just those kind of moves. And I, I think you're in position where I would just not make anything aggressive. What people try to do with a roster like yours is say, oh man, I got four first this year. I'm going to trade all four of them and get, you know, get Je- Justin Jefferson. Okay. That's great. Right. But then the day Justin Jefferson goes down to injury and you have no draft capital left. You know what I mean? So it's like make some savvy moves, put yourself into contention. And, you know, you have those 25 firsts where if we get late into the season, push the chips in. Yeah. A few things too. I want to, I want to just take note on and, and give you some insight on before um, is the number one thing that I do in every single rookie draft is I don't trade a single pick until draft day. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it'll be doubled in value on draft day. Like, if you think you could have got Devontae Adams for the 201 from like right now or for the 110 right now, then you'll get him for the 201 or for the 203 on draft day. Like it, it works like that. People fall in love with certain players. They love the landing spots. They they listen to all the hype, and then you can capitalize on that because Devontae Adams isn't this Lamborghini anymore, right? He's more of like a, a vintage Mercedes-Benz. So it's like people are starting to kind of – shy away from those type of players but guess what those type of players pay bills and they win you championships mm-hmm. what matters right you have the shiny new toys that you need you have stroud you have brandon Ayuk, you have jamar chase mcbride kyler now it's time for you to get those guys that pay the bills so the stefan Diggs, the keenan allens the mike evans the Devonte adams you have alvin Kamara, james connor saquon's mm-hmm. a great buy right now because he's a free agent he'll probably play on the best team he's ever played on this upcoming year a real contending team where he's going to be a three down workhorse. So those are the things that I really care about the most. And the, the, the next thing I wanted to tell you is the running back position's tricky. So it's for me, I look at it like there's right now there's like six guys, seven guys that are like truly bell cow going to be studs throughout their rookie contracts and mm-hmm. CFC. So you have JT, obviously Mike Bijan, Gibbs, ETN, and then you have um, CMC, and then I throw A-Chain in there, and Brees Hall, obviously. But I throw A-Chain in there as well because he, he's so efficient, and that offense is phenomenal. He wasn't a touchdown guy. Like, he was, but he wasn't because Mostert led the league in touchdowns. So he's a, he's an extreme outlier. But then maybe you can throw in, like, Kenneth Walker with those guys. And then after that, like, the Kyrens, the Rashad Whites, the James Cooks, 
Ramondre, Josh Jake, like those guys are just so replaceable. Anything can happen. They're not, it's not even that they're not good. Like there's not heavy draft capital invested or they're going to be free agents or the team could add another running back. I literally think the only running back that I would buy in that range is Saquon Barkley, just because he's literally one of the best running backs in the league still to this day. And it's only interesting. My man Saquon to the Texans, so I don't have to watch any more Singletary, man. Literally, like that's something that could happen because that the Texans need to address that position big time. So, like, you get Saquon to the Texans, you're looking at a top three running back and redraft next year, hopefully. So it's like you could make those type of trades on draft day before it even happens, and just think in your head, like, all right, elite running back can catch the ball out of the backfield, can carry the workload. Now he's a free agent. He was at his absolute worst case scenario floor in New York Giants. And to say that is crazy, but it's true. Terrible offensive line. They couldn't move the damn ball downfield. He goes anywhere else and he's a stud. So those type of things I like to speak into existence. Then you get like Kamara playing in his absolute worst situation, still an RB1, still top three in points per game. If the Saints cut him for cap reasons and he goes and plays for the Ravens, or if he goes and plays for a playoff caliber team, the Texans, like he's going to be an absolute stud for another year or two because these guys still have it in them, right? James Conner is another one. Dirt cheap, still a stud. Aaron Jones, dirt cheap, still a stud. Take advantage of these values because, like I said, those are going to pay the bills, and you can still have fun with your Malik neighbors pick, your Brian Thomas Jr., Ray <laughs> Franklin pick. The only thing that I would do if I do trade any draft capital before the draft is tear up from 10 or from 8. And I would honestly try to tear up from 10. Because I think eight could be like, I think eight could be in that like um, tier with like seven and six. Mm -hmm. If just one thing goes wrong in that draft. We just need the Bills or Chiefs to pick one of these receivers and then get in there. One thing goes wrong in that draft, Mm -hmm. you are going to get the lucky number eight pick. So I don't like moving off that pick because I always put the faith in one of my league mates to mess something up and I get the fall. Because I remember the 2022 class. I was picking, I think I was at seven. And this is where the tiers were, right? This is where it was kind of like you had like the Garrett Wilson, um, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Kenneth Walker. And then who was the sixth one? There was another one there. I can't was think. Was it Hall. And then so there was like a big six. And I was picking right at seven. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, all right, who's going to mess this up? And how is it going to happen? Because at the time, Chris Olave was like not loved. Like he was like, people were shocked he went as high as he did. Mm -hmm. And like, he was like a guy that people had Sky Moore over. They had Pickens over. They had Jamison Williams over. All it took was someone to take Jamison Williams at six over him. And I landed Chris Olave and he was a top three round startup pick the next year. So it's literally those little things like J-Mo and Chris Olave went back-to-back in the NFL draft. Everyone liked J-Mo more than him. Oh, J-Mo went this high. He had a torn ACL, so he's the next Tyree kill. And then everyone overreacted and was drafting J-Mo, 106-107, and it was leaving us with George Pickens, Chris Olave, guys that we were more more familiar with and liked their profiles a little bit better. So number eight is going to be the lucky spot for you. So I would look to tear up from 10, honestly, if it was if it was up to me. So that's a smart call. I like that. The other, the only sell on your roster is like the guys that I want to get rid of are, are Charbonnet and Judy. You know, like I think those are the only guys that's like, if you go with the Kenneth, the most ideal thing would be if the Kenneth Walker owner has like the 107. I have no problem keeping Charbonnet on there, but like he's almost like 
an area where, you know, it, it's capped upside for sure. Same with Judy's a sell once he gets another another spot Offers there. But, Charbonnet for like Connor or Camara and try to get like an early third, see if they bite on that. Like get rid of them. I don't think it'll ever be anything. So love it. Anything, any other questions you have for us is any kind of trade inquiries, any kind of information that, that you're trying to get on top of, of what we've already given you a suggestion wise. I got like one more general question. It's, it's, it's been dope so far. Appreciate all the info. You, you guys, you guys kill it. Love the content. Uh, my, my main question that like I've been like quabbling with lately is, is like, do I want to be as patient as possible and just like lean into the good QBs, Jamar Chase and all the draft capital and just like be a dynasty for lack of a better word for like the last like 10 years for the next like 10 years, just like run it, be at the top every year. Or do I push the chips in and just like make the team in 24 just like outstanding and like obviously there's a happy medium, but like which, if you had to pick which one to prioritize, which would it be? My favorite thing to do with a roster like this is kind of what I was talking about is, you know, you, you draft neighbors. Now all of a sudden you have three, what I say, top 12 to 15 wide receivers, you know, and then you start to, like I said, take that 108. If you don't like what's there, move back and add 25 first and keep what what people struggle to do with is they get into your situation right now and they just say, you know what, I'm going to throw these 25 firsts in here. I'm going to throw this. I'm just going to make every position better and look how sexy this thing is, right? And one through nine, it looks sexy as hell and you're going to win every game. But then this guy gets hurt and then this guy gets hurt. And now all of a sudden you have a roster where it's like, well, now I don't have any picks to fix yeah. it, right? Like the reason you are number one in power rankings in that league is your talent, but it's mostly your picks then. You know, so it's like that draft capital is something that most people young in Dynasty learning it for the first, like a lot of guys in your league, they just try to blow those picks. You're like, well, I can I can just go buy this guy. I'm going to go get rid of this pick. I'm going to go get rid of that pick. And then next thing you know is they don't have a 24 first and they don't have a 25 first and they don't have a 26. And now all of a sudden they're in purgatory. And then they got to trade. Like, so if you go to do that, then you got to take CJ Stroud and you got to tear him down to stay competitive, you know, and, and that's the spot. I don't want any of our listeners to get into is where you push the chips in so hard that now you're like, man, I have nothing left. Like I have to just tear down off my studs and in a 10 teamer, I would do that in the middle of the year. Like if you have those two twenty-five firsts and, and you need Christian McCaffrey to go over the top like this year, or, you know, you get into that area and Brees Hall's available and that's going to push you in for a championship and you're not getting old. That to me is the way to do it. Like I don't push in until mid season, because this team here on paper, if you add like at the 201 and the 206, you add even one of those running backs we were talking about with Kamara or Jones or or guys like that, it's a playoff team already. You know, you're already in that spot. So then I always and Snoog, Snoog and I do this is like we break the season into fours, right? So you have like week one through four and then five through nine, you know what I mean? And you have quadrants and it's like you start out four and oh, now it's a matter of all right, I'm starting to look pretty good. I can start moving in, you know, and then you yeah. now all of a sudden you're seven and two. Well, dang, now I know I want that buy. I'm that, you know, could be that one seed moving a little bit further. Snoop? One thing too, the current seconds are always way more valuable to the than the future seconds, in my opinion, because you're getting mm-hmm. a guy that you can grab and he's playing now. You could hit on that next breakout and the deeper and the better the classes are getting and the more teams that are drafting NFL wide receivers and the, in the NFL draft and the more they use the wideouts and the more the scheme is friendly to the wideouts, the better drafts are going to get. 
mm-hmm. I almost want to make that 201 and 206 pick like almost guaranteed for your team and trade the 25 seconds and maybe your 26 yeah. second because like your team's never going to be a 104 again right moving forward like unless you get screwed with injuries you're not looking back like the pass is behind you now it's in the rearview mirror now you're in that position where you go and get neighbors you got three top 12 dynasty wideouts you got two top eight dynasty QBs and you got the dynasty tight end two, three ish. Now you're like, all right, now I have like what you have Demont, who's a plug and play strong RB two, high touchdown upside all day on a contract. So now you have that strong RB two ish or plug and play RB two. So now it's like, all right, Jaden Reed, Judy Charbonnet. How can I get those positions better? Jaden Reed has a shit ton of value right now with what love just did. So you look at it like, do I like? Do you love Jaden Reed or do you not love him? If you don't, some love people, him, I people, I saw him get. I saw someone. That's what I was gonna say. Why, you, you like that better? That's that's there you go. There's your Roma Dunce. <laughs> right, you can't trade like, him for a guy like Jaden Reed. And the other Reed. thing, Snoog, and I kind of lost track of it. Is the two hundred one is technically the one eleven? This is a this is a ten team league. Oh. So that that two hundred one is is oh Troy Franklin. Two hundred one's two hundred one's a great pick. And it's, it's eleven. Two hundred four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be Xavier Worthy or like AD Mitchell all day, dude. Save yeah. that. Don't trade like, that. The one eleven. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's how we trade that Mainly, yeah. We'll help you when the draft yeah. comes and stuff, and yeah. we can give you our rankings, our insight, all that good stuff. But hold those picks, please. Don't trade a single pick until draft. They <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying to stamp that. I already traded the the two the two other the two picks I had. The 209 and the 305 I traded for Godwin. I was like, I was impulsive. That's fine. 209 for Godwin's a fleece because. You just get a guaranteed, like, yeah. strong wide receiver three, high upside two. And he's been a wide receiver one before. He could mm-hmm. get a re re scenery there and go to a team that needs a wide, like the Panthers or something, and be a be a strong player again because he's still good. But the ACL tear definitely slowed him down a bit. So that might take some time to get back sure. into. But yeah, I loved Jaden Reed. So did Dad. Those were that was like one of our biggest sleepers. We were drafting him like crazy in the late second. Yeah. I, Honestly, like, no, I couldn't have told you Jordan Love would do this. And I wouldn't have told you I thought Jaden Reed would be this good. But the issue with him is, like, what happens when they do draft, like, a Roma Dunze or someone like that? Or they sign, like, a T. Higgins. It's like, okay, Jaden Reed's a a good wide receiver, too. But now he's going to take a value hit, even if he's going to still produce, like, good, especially with Love. And he's like a versatile playmaker. Like he gets the ball out of the backfield. He's he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. Love him, but it's you can't get attached, right? You got to sell at max value. It's like, will he be better than a one hundred and seven? Probably not. So that that's the uh, the the fire alarm going off. So that's perfect timing, man. Thanks, Jones. Yeah. This was a good time. Hit us up, you know, whenever on on, on Twitter, in the Discord, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And th- thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Appreciate Yo,